Welcome to another episode of the T to Green Golf Podcast. Really excited to spend time with everyone today. Have a have a guest with us, a passionate golfer that that I've been working uh, for some time to to get on the the podcast with us today. A native of Chicago, so it's a hometown opportunity this afternoon. Friend of mine, we know him as T Max on Instagram. More formally, he is Pat Garcia. Pat is just like you and I, and and where he differs is that he has taken golf to the next level, recently qualified for the Illinois State Amateur, and in addition to that, qualified for the U.S. Am. So Pat is an everyday story, and we look forward to spending some time with him today. Pat, welcome to the T to Green Golf Podcast. Just take a minute to introduce yourself to the audience today. Thank you, Brother Victor. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, uh, again, my name is Patrick Garcia. I was born and raised in the River West neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois, uh, right around Grand and Ashland, for those who are familiar with Chi-Town. Uh, about two miles directly uh, west of downtown, Victor. Uh, I have been playing golf probably for about, about 32, 32 years now. And uh, been playing competitively, uh, amateur golf, for about 15. Uh, and uh, absolutely love it. Uh, if I may, just real quick, the Illinois Amateur, Illinois State Amateur, and the U.S. Amateur, I qualified for the qualifiers. Okay. So just to make sure, I didn't get in those <laughs> yet. But uh, but uh, I'm hoping to do so, my brother. And I truly appreciate you giving me the time this morning to come on your platform and talk to all your podcast members. Absolutely. Yeah, more than welcome. And this is what we do with the T to Green Golf Podcast. It really is an opportunity for us to share the stories of how the diverse environment, how diversity is really raising the uh, the attraction to golf. And, mm -hmm. and with that, we know that there are golfers who are aspiring to do more. We know that there are entrepreneurs who are aspiring to do more in that space. And so I just want to take this opportunity to elevate that in support of the entire golf industry. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to your story. Thank this, you. Mm -hmm. We look forward to your story today. Talk to us about how and when golf started for you when you were first introduced mm -hmm. and then when you got the bug sure. and started to move forward. Absolutely. Well, I always used to watch it uh, for sure. And again, being born and raised in the city, we didn't have a lot of golf opportunities. Uh, so as I got older, I started playing golf with my dad and his buddies. Uh, they were all almost pretty much scratch golfers. So I would get out there and I would completely embarrass myself, Victor, because I didn't realize, again, you're talking to a kid here who is from Chicago we play basketball, right. baseball, football. <laughs> These are all team-oriented, right. you know, sports competitions. And then when you get out on the golf course, uh, it was tough for me because my dad and his buddies, being as good as they were, I was just completely embarrassing myself. Right. And you know, finally, I just I said, hey, you know, if I practiced enough at this, I think I would be good at it. I really do. And uh, I liked it because I, for some strange reason, when I got on the course. I felt a sense of calm. Maybe it's because it was the transfer from the city environment. And now you're oh, almost yeah. like, you know, because there's not a lot of golf courses that you can traipse on in Chicago. Correct. You know? And uh, so I thought it was just quite calming. And at the same time, I'm very competitive. That's, that's my nature. So I looked and I'm like, okay, when you're playing golf, you're playing against the course now. It's you versus the course. Yep. No matter if it's my dad's buddy here or there or they're playing skins games or doing whatever they're doing. I took a look and I said, I think I can, I think I can do good at this sport. It, it just attracted me in that manner. 
And I just said to myself, I think if I practiced enough and put my heart and soul into it and dedicate myself to it uh, as much as I can, I think I can progress towards maybe wanting to play competitively. And that's what I did. Yeah, really good, good, um, good start, Pat. And I think the there are a few nuggets there for for our listeners today. I think practice, and, and you reiterated practice and practice and practice. And, and you're right. For many of us that grew up in, in the Chicago area, even some of our suburbs, sure. we know that golf just wasn't the first option for us. The other point that I like that you made is, in many ways, golf is very different for those of us that grew up playing baseball and basketball and football in that it requires you to focus on the course mm-hmm. and not complain, not play against or compete against what may be your competitors, those two or three people there. Sure. Talk to us about how hard that transition was for you after having played a team sport. How did you mentally just focus on, hey, this is just me and nature right now, me and the golf course, sure. and, and let, me, let me make that transition? I think what happened is playing team sports, as I got older, team sports caused me to get injured a lot. You play basketball, you twist an ankle. You play football, you break a rib. You know, it's just that we know that, Victor. We know how that goes. Golf, I mean, sure, there are situations where you can hurt yourself playing golf, your wrist or your back or whatever it is, but but not as consistently. And uh, the thing I found, though, is because people are different. For me personally, I found it, it attracted me because, as I mentioned, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. And I just took a look at it and said, hey, let me go on ahead and give it a go. But you're absolutely right. When you're by yourself on that golf course and you're playing, whether it be practicing or whatever else, you're really beating yourself up because golf is not perfect. Case in point, I, if you're watching Adele Match Championship yesterday, mm-hmm. Colin Morikawa, mm-hmm. great pro, great with his wedges and irons. He's mm-hmm. 20 yards off the green. He chips a ball and he hits it too low, Victor, and it skips over the green right. into the water. Right. So that can happen to anybody, right. you know. So if you practice, I always think, and if I may add this as well, I'm a big Mel Robbins fan. Mel Robbins is terrific with confidence and anything to do. I'd highly recommend. She's a great podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence for me and, and being able to take it from a team-oriented sport to more of a just a by-yourself solo sport, it has to do with confidence as well. Confidence for me, I think, basically is the action. If you're putting in the confidence – that's the action of what you're trying to do because the confidence is going to lead into the competence. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. And what I did is I just took it and said, hey, listen, I don't want to play team sports anymore. Let me concentrate on the solo sport like golf. And gosh darn it, let me get better at it. You know, I'm a range rat at heart. I get out there. I'm just pounding balls all over the place. Yesterday I go out, Victor, I was just with a six iron. I'm out at the golf dome in Buffalo Grove here in the Chicago area. I couldn't hit anything. I couldn't do anything, but that's golf. Yeah. That's just how it is. But, um, yeah, I just progressed in it at solo sport. One of the reasons being is only because of the fact that being competitive, I just figured, okay, I can't play in a lot of any team sports anymore. Let me try to focus on this one sport where I think I can get good at and not get hurt at the same time. And so you and I talked before we we sat down today, and and one of the things that we share in common is Mm -hmm. that we're both – range rats and golf is muscle memory Mm -hmm. it's repetition Mm -hmm. 
you have harnessed your range rat and your competitive nature and you focused forward. Mm -hmm. And for those of us like myself who follow you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. and for those of you that are interested in following Pat on Instagram, his handle is T-Max, capital T, capital M, capital E, capital X, T-Max. What I know dating back to last year is that you set the goal for the Illinois State Amateur. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the process that you've gone through being a range rat. Mm -hmm. What we also know is we followed your and your handicap declining to the point where you were able Mm -hmm. to find yourself within the requisite USGA handicap. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about what range rat means to you, your practice routine, and how those who may want to follow your path in whatever state or country Mm -hmm. they're in, Mm -hmm. um, how can they adapt what they're doing to what you've done? Absolutely. I think what it basically comes down to is, you know, when I play golf, I can can basically wear two hats, Victor. I can be competitive or I can just play recreationally with my friends. It's Miller time. Get the music up. <laughs> Have a good old time. You know that, that's always good. When I get to a point where I put the competitive hat on, I'm my hardest critic, my friend. I go at it, and uh, and you have to. You have, especially if you decide you want to be competitive. Well, now you got to put the reps in, just like we talked about. Mm-hmm. You've got to practice, like anything else. If you're going to play an instrument, if you're going to, you know, you're going to drive a car, do whatever. You have to practice at it to get better. You have to put the reps in, and that's what I did. And if anybody's followed me on Instagram the last couple of years, you guys would see it took me four years to break 80. It took me all this time. Last year I started out, I believe I was a 6.2 handicap, and I just kept playing round after round after round and bringing it down. And it was frustrating because I knew initially, and I think we talked about this on the telephone, you're going to flatline. You know, you're going to get to a point where you go, okay, this is how good I actually am consistently, but it's not good enough. Right. I need to get down, you know. So, um, like anything else, I just practiced. Um, what I did is I started short game. I start from the green and go back, Victor. That's what's going to do it. And I got to be honest with you, if I may add one more thing. I really got better at golf watching the ladies. The LPGA, I got better watching them, especially, you know, you get a lot of the gals from South Korea who are just fantastic fantastic with their wedges or whatever the only difference i think between the ladies and the men is the distance off the tee maybe there's a couple ladies that can get it out there but anything 140 and in they are just as good as the guys out there i just like their tempo i just like their putting i like the discipline discipline is everything on a golf course you know that victor you got to stay in your head you got to stay in your game uh because if that wanders away now you're in trouble but um, that's what I did. I just decided, hey, let me practice as best I can. Also, let me get my mental frame going, too, because I want to make sure, keep the superhero cape at home. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure it's all about fairways and greens. You get on that green, you are there. Now it's just a matter. You're going to one putt or two putt, don't three putt, right? Yep. That's what you want to do. But stay in the fairway. Get on those greens and practice that, you know. And like anything else, confidence is reps. It's going to lead to competency, and that's how you're going to get better. And that's why when I say range rat, I'm always at the dome. I'm always I'm always tinkering around doing something. I was just at the golf show last month. 
Got a great lesson. Got a putting lesson. The pro looked and said, Patrick, you're not on top of the ball enough. You need to be on top of the ball. And I just got a little closer. Now I see the line a lot better. Of course, it helps. I got my Scotty Cameron. I told you about my very first Scotty Cameron, Victor. So, and uh, her name is Gypsy Scotty. Just want to add that. I love my Gypsy Scotty. But uh, I just see the line a lot better as well. So, like anything else, if you want to get better at it, Victor, you got to put the reps in. And that's what I do. I just find that the technical stays at the driving range and at the dry, you know, the golf dome or whatever. When you're on the course, it's go time. There's no time for technical. You got to be ready to go. And you got to have your act together. Correct. Yeah, and I think that's really, really, really good mm-hmm. insight. The the starting from the short game and working out mm-hmm. is really a plan that I adopted as well when I started to see my game improve. Mm-hmm. I also think that watching the LPGA for mm-hmm. those that know me and 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 know that my history behind golf, my start, my connection to golf was literally the LPGA. Oh, wow. I, I worked for State Farm uh, coming out of undergrad, and at the time, mm-hmm. State Farm hosted the Rail Classic, which was in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. And so uh, being a volunteer, I would stand on, I believe it was the fourth tee, mm-hmm. and as the ladies were coming and, and cycling through, I was always told that we weren't supposed to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Well, my curiosity got the better of me, and so I started asking the ladies mm-hmm. just for simple tips. Mm-hmm. And to your point, mm-hmm. watching them swing, the fluidity, the technical soundness, tempo, mm-hmm. tempo mm-hmm. Uh, I would underscore the points that you just offered the tee to green mm-hmm. audience mm-hmm. in that start with the short game. It's always going to pay dividends for mm-hmm. you. And then certainly become a fan of the LPGA. Absolutely. You cannot go wrong Absolutely. Uh, adopting it. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. And so brings us to the Illinois Amateur. Mm-hmm. Take us through that process. Mm-hmm. Where are you at in that process? Uh, mm-hmm. When is the qualifier mm-hmm. for that? Mm-hmm. Share that story with us. Because I do believe that within the Tita Green audience, and, and, and that's domestic and in some cases international, I do think that these moments serve as inspiration for those of us who have a nine to five, mm-hmm. but who enjoy the sport at a level beyond recreation. Right. And so talk to us about your journey and it leading to that Illinois amateur qualifier right now. When is that? That's going to actually be at the end of June. That's going to be at okay. the sanctuary golf course down in new Lenox. This will be the second one I'm playing in the second qualifier. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what I did, Victor, I, when I started playing competitively, Played in a lot of different tournaments. You, you got club championship tournaments. You've got, you know, lots of scramble tournaments just to get in there and play, which is great. But at the same time, I said, you know, let me take it a level up. Let me see how actual, you know, how far I can actually go on ahead and and, and, and maybe find out how, how good I can actually get if I practice and dedicate myself to trying to compete in this type of environment, in this type of tournament. And a lot of work, and again, a lot of short game. I just noticed watching. I went to go watch a couple of these tournaments just to get the feel, you know, just to find out. And, Victor, you know, I know these guys are flag hunters, bro. They are going after the pins. Correct. And they're so good. They're just so good. They've got great caddies that calm them down. And uh, and I pick up on all these little things, you know, and it's great to do because it helps out. It's, it's experience you're watching. 
and then it's the experience you're going to have when you're playing in it. And uh, and I qualified back in 2018. I qualified. I just qualified again this year. Uh, COVID was rough for me back in 2020. I hurt my shoulder. I had what they call frozen shoulder. I just took a swing one time. We we're playing up in Wisconsin, and I hurt my shoulder on my first drive of the year, and it knocked me out that whole first year of COVID. I did not play. Wow. And uh, and that hurt. Uh, that hurt me because I think I told you last year. The Illinois, the U.S. Amateur qualifier was at White Deer Run in mm-hmm. Vernon Hills, where I live, mm-hmm. and I didn't get the chance to play there because my handicap wasn't low enough. But um, yeah, uh, like I said, with the with the uh, Illinois State Amateur, I just looked and said, "Hey, listen, uh, it's not even a matter of wanting to win the tournament. How do I get in a team photo? How do I get into a situation where if I'm going to play, Pat Garcia's in there?" Patrick's in there, bro. Patrick's in this tournament. You right. know, how did you do that? That did it for me because it was a short-term goal, but at the same time, it was a long-term goal. And I just said, you know what? If I practice hard enough or whatever, no outside, you know, no, no, no uh, issues in regards to anything being a distraction, and just dedicate myself to this tournament. Can I qualify? And I did. And I that's love exactly it. what I did, yeah. I, I love that approach, mm-hmm. and I, and again, I think that's something that those that are in the audience mm-hmm. can can easily adapt and apply to their mm-hmm. own life, mm-hmm. whether it's qualifying for right. their state amateur, whether it's getting ready to play for their club championship, right. or mm-hmm. something maybe even beyond golf. Mm-hmm. I think focusing on um, a shorter-term goal that ultimately will have an impact mm-hmm. on the big goal mm-hmm. is certainly a, a life adaptation that we can take from, from what you've done. Absolutely. One of the things that I've learned from following you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but also from having a conversation with you, is that you are very driven and focused. Mm -hmm. Talk about what motivates you. Where does that come from? Not surprised to hear that from somebody that grew up in Chicago. But talk to us about that. And I know there's some quotes that move you as well. Sure. Talk Mm -hmm. to us about that. Absolutely. Um, Right off the bat, if I may be completely transparent with you, Victor, being born and raised in a city, I was the oldest of four, and uh, at the time when I when we were uh, being born born and raised in the city, uh, I had an alcoholic father, and the tough part about that was being the oldest, you get to see a lot and go through a lot, and what happened was as I was growing up because of that entire uncomfortable situation. It made me very angry, and at the same time, um, it made me very guarded. But what I did is I, I recognized growing up, I took that anger and I channeled that somewhere else. And what I did is I channeled that into sports. Mm. And that's where mm. I got into the baseball, the football, the basketball. But what I did is because of my home situation, I was always at the park. I was always playing and just constantly. Again, we talked about reps, playing, playing. So then... Started to get good at baseball, football, basketball. And all of a sudden, you start doing that enough, and now you look and go, okay, I can do this. I'm competitive. I can do this, and if I do it just as much as anybody else here, I'm just I'm going to be just as good or maybe even better. And um, the thing is, is the way I approach things, I don't do a lot of talking when I compete because I think – the work you put in, it's going to speak for you. People are going to know when you can hit a good drive off the tee, Victor. People know if you're a good putter. People know if you can hit that wedge in. 
from 80 yards to about 10 feet. They know. They don't. You don't have to talk about that. Right. And that's where I think I got a lot of that competitiveness from. I think it's just that chip on my shoulder where I was just very guarded about the perception about, hey, you know, Pat Garcia in general, you know, how's Pat look? What's he say? How's he conduct himself? I became very guarded with that. And again, I just channeled that along with a lot of the anger I used to have into sports. Where can I put that negative energy and how can I use it in a positive way and at the same time feel good about myself? And that's what I did. That's, I think, where it initiated itself, Victor. Mm -hmm. And anything I do, again, I own my own company. You know, I just decided, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to go on ahead. I'm an entrepreneur. How do I want to do that? That's also competitiveness, right? Mm -hmm. You want to go out. You want to go on ahead. Own your own company. Hopefully, God bless, not have to work for someone else. It's hard enough to work for me. <laughs> and that's how I look at it, you know. So so that's where I think it, it instilled itself or sort of sculpted itself. And ever since that time, it's just my personality, Victor. It's just who I am. You know, one of the things that, and, and I want to dive deeper into our phone conversation and, mm-hmm. and motivation from quotes that continue yes. to drive mm-hmm. you. One of the things that you shared with me mm-hmm. that is really passionate is why not me? Why not me? And it's something that you recite to yourself at any moment. And that is actually a moment of transition for you to achieving whatever that may be. And in this case, I think it was the Illinois amateur mm-hmm. specifically that we were talking about. Are there other quotes that you can share with the Tita Green audience that really move you from um, from that inner voice of of maybe doubt mm-hmm. to full explosion into I'm going to get this done? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, obviously, why not me? Right. I've got so many friends, whether they be on Twitter. Instagram, uh, you know, just friends in my neighborhood. Um, and, and just, you know, again, as I mentioned, I like to go on ahead. I'm very motivated, Victor, by other people and how mm. they conduct themselves, whether they're athletes or whatever else. And the thing that got me is one of the things they do because of their practice rituals and what they do. Another one of my hashtags we talked about is better never stops. It never does. You can't. Tiger Woods, just like Tiger said, you can always get better. And if you're not practicing enough and you think you want to get here and you're not putting in the reps, you're not going to get there. You don't deserve it. You got to put the work in. You have to do that. I've had some of my friends. I've had uh, some of my friends locally who have uh, won big events in things that they do. And you look and go, wow, they, I could see them doing that because they work hard. I could see her doing that. Uh, you know, I can see him doing that. And, and anything that they do, you just pick up on that. But at the same time, you see how much work they put into it, Victor. And you look and you observe and, and, and you admire. And you go, okay, I want that. I want to do that. Here's another quote, if I may, just real quick, that I've used. And it's one that we didn't talk about. And I usually write this down. I've got it on my phone all the time, especially when I struggle And it's basically this, I'm who I am because I think and dream of things that other people don't think are possible. And I love that because that's what I do. When I talk to my friends, a lot of my friends, 
And if I may be completely transparent as if I could, I've lost a couple friends because of my journey. Mm-hmm. Because I don't hang with them as much anymore, mm-hmm. Victor, and don't mm-hmm. talk to them as much anymore, you know, or whatever else. And it, it's it's just, you know, it's their experience. You know, I'm I'm in my own universe right now. And the only way to continue getting better or doing whatever I need to do is keep working, be good to my family and friends, show a lot of love, and, and thank God for what he's doing for me. And that's just how I am, Victor. Yeah. And, and thank you, Pat. Mm-hmm. This was really, really important. Mm-hmm. I wanted those to come out mm-hmm. because they came out during our conversation. And again, what I love about this medium and the podcast is it's very much about golf but it's about life in golf. Absolutely. And so I'm hoping that, and I'm always hopeful, that with each episode there is something that is life-riveting mm-hmm. but also golf-inspiring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'll continue to chart down this path. And when we talked, what was really, really resonating for me is that you have these quotes that energize oh, yeah. you at any moment in mm-hmm. time and I was able to see the connection between your life journey, specifically golf, and how these quotes really serve as a catalyst to boost you forward. And, and I'm actually reading a book right now, and it's amazing how oftentimes the general public views quotes like this as sure. cheesy, but when you really look back on people who are viewed as the most successful, mm-hmm. their quotes and affirmations mm-hmm. that resonate with these people that move them to these unimaginable places mm-hmm. of success. So I appreciate you sharing those three. If I may add one more, Absolutely. and I think we talked about this on the phone, I keep a picture. If I remember, I told you, Victor, I keep a picture of Secretariat. In the 73 Belmont with Ronnie Turcott, he was the jockey. And there's a famous picture where he looks back and he's got these, I think, what was it, like 36 lengths or whatever it was that he's winning. Yeah. And you take a look at that. Now, again, at this, when you look at that, that's what I consider the perfect racehorse. Right. But at the same time, it is a race that he won. And it inspires me, Victor, because I open it up before I tee off anything, recreationally or... Or, or, or competitively, and I look at this and go, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can happen. It you can put happen. the work in, and you do it, and it, at a certain time or a certain place, it can happen. Sometimes it can't, but you just hope that it can, and it's inspiring for me. And keep working. Yep. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Pat, for the working professional, mm-hmm. all of us are amateurs, mm-hmm. what wisdom would you share about taking up golf mm-hmm and the impact that golf has on life? You know what? That's a great question. Um, I honestly think the nice part about golf, when you look at all the sports that you might want to take up as a hobby or just to get out recreationally, golf is not is, is, is probably one of those sports where age isn't a factor. Age isn't a factor. You can start at any time. Correct. And at the same time, do you want to play it competitively? Do you want to play it recreationally? For me, here's another thing. When I play, um, if, you, if, if you're thinking about going out there and playing golf and get started or whatever else, I like it because it soothes me, Victor. I can get out there and play on a Friday afternoon or whenever, even by myself, just get out there and play. It's just something about that four hours or so where you look and go, you know what, I'm calm. 
it takes me away from it. At the same time, uh, you know, for me, it really helped me channel a lot of um, the anger I used to have when I first started playing golf. I was really hard on myself, Victor. And what golf really helped me with is, Patrick, be patient. Mm -hmm. You have to be patient. And that just transferred over to the rest of who Patrick is, not just on the golf course. Work, you got to be patient at work. Mm -hmm. Socially, you got to be patient with a lot of friends, a lot of family members, you know. So it really helped me, uh, you know, as far as with my patience and just, you know, conducting myself a lot better as well. Uh, for the, the anybody out there looking to get into golf or um, wanting to do that, I'd say give it a try. One of the things that people say is, oh, Pat, it's just so hard. I get frustrated. It's expensive. I don't want to do this. Give it a try. Give it a try. And uh, there's, there's so many amateurs out there, so many people who get out there and play just to have a good time and get away from it all. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, and you talked about it early in your answer, is mm -hmm. there's a strategic or a critical thinking mm -hmm. component to golf. And as you know, and, and I know as well, not every, no two holes are the same in design and in challenge. And so when you approach the sport with uh, a sense of calm and a peace of mind, mm -hmm. how you see your ultimate destination, I have found, is really good in what I do professionally right, as well right, right. because you have to be strategic and think critically. Right. So I think the therapeutic component that you talked about, mm -hmm. um, I think there's a mental health component, mental health I think, component. that you talked about mm -hmm. as Absolutely. well. Mm -hmm. And then certainly the cardiovascular component um, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but we just encourage we encourage anyone to get out and play because I do think that there are stores right now that are refurbishing clubs and making golf um, less of an expensive obstacle to get into than it was maybe when you and I first stepped sure. in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to piggyback that question, and as we've learned from you today, you grew up in Metro Chicago, mm -hmm. right? You grew up in the city and, and oftentimes we refer to it as a concrete jungle. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in the Chicago area. There are clearly a ton of urban kids that are still here and growing up, not just in Chicago, but across the U.S. landscape. Mm -hmm. Any advice for kids in that environment or encouragement for kids to pursue golf, not just as a native of Chicago, sure but someone who can completely understand what it's like growing up in urban America. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I've always been um, growing up. It, it Usually when, when our kids are in the mix, it always starts with the parents, right? You, you've got parents right off the bat. And when you take a look uh, in communities like in Chicago, and I know it quite well, I visit a lot. My friends still live down there. Um, you, you, what you want to try to do is, maybe get your kids in the programs early. There's a lot of high schools. I went to Lane Tech in Chicago. I don't remember them having a golf program because there wasn't a golf course around, Victor. It was football, baseball, basketball. That Absolutely. was that was it. You know, you didn't do those. You didn't play sports. You know, right. that was it. And um, I would do that. I would also maybe check your local Y. You know, there's Ys out there who might have some sort of a golf program. Now, I'm in the suburbs now. There's, I mean... 
I think we mentioned it. I'll go to the golf dome. Victor, there's 50 kids in this golf dome that play for Deerfield High School or Buffalo Grove, and they're hogging up all the bays. You know, it's like I can't even practice. They're all playing golf. Right. You know, they're all doing it. And it's tougher for the inner city because you don't have that many more that that many golf courses there. You don't have a lot of programs. Um, tough neighborhoods. That probably hurts me the most in regards to thinking about the kids nowadays in Chicago. You hear about all the crime in Chicago or whatever else. But um, I feel for the kids in those environments, Victor, who don't really get the chance because they're in those tough neighborhoods. Or maybe their mom and dad can't afford to live in a, a better community, you know, a safer community. Or a community where they may have uh, more programs to offer younger children, you know, as, as they get older. But uh, that's what I would do. I would absolutely, first and foremost, try to find a good mentor as well. That's so important to do because he or she is going to lead you into the right environment, the right path to get more into golf. I know Tiger Woods, I believe he and Mark Rolfing are, are building that golf course down in Jackson Park. Yeah. I yeah, think I that's think going are. on right now. Yep, so yep. that's going to be really big once they get that going. Um but I think it's as hard as it is right now for the youth to live in a city, I think there needs to be some path or some way to go on ahead, guide them to some programs with a local Y, a neighborhood sports you know, facility or something, and keep them in them facilities, especially if they do have a golf program. And I, I think we're both saying the same thing, is mm -hmm. that is we encourage our kids to explore this sport that we've learned later in life mm -hmm. has really given – life to us sure. beyond our more more competitive mm -hmm. sports and, and early start sports so mm -hmm. yes google find your local municipality see if they have programs sure. some communities are connected to first tee programs sure. mm -hmm. but definitely let's um let's expand the the aesthetic of golf by inviting kids in urban america to sure. play the sport agreed We've enjoyed our time with you today, and certainly, as you well know, myself and, and, and hopefully the rest of the Tee to Green community will continue to follow your journey. Mm -hmm. Illinois Amateur Qualifier, U.S. Amateur Qualifier mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. How can the Tee to Green Golf Podcast community support you? Social media handles, how can we continue to be a, be a voice of encouragement and support? Oh, well, again, thank you for having me, Victor. Um, you know what? Keep following me. You know, just uh, if you can go on ahead and follow me, I'll keep you posted on, on what I'm doing. Uh, at the same time, if there's anybody out there uh, in the Chicagoland area, Victor, I need a caddy. If there's anybody out there, I need a caddy. Somebody hopefully with some tourney experience, somebody who can read some greens, male or female. I don't care. If you're a good caddy, I'll take you. Uh, so I need a caddy for June down in New Lenox uh, at the sanctuary for the Illinois State Amateur Qualifier. But uh, And then hopefully, you know, down the road as we go, I'm going to be giving some lessons online. I usually do that occasionally here or there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, just following me uh, and sharing your stories, uh, sharing anybody else's stories. Let me know how you're doing. That inspires me. Uh, like I said, I pick up on different things from different people. So if there's anybody else out there, uh, you know, social media wise who can share what you do lessons. Uh, if you're a, a fellow range rat out there, uh, share that with me. You know, I'd love to converse with all my followers. I follow a lot of you guys out there, as you know, as well. 
And um, yeah, I would certainly like to do that. And I'd appreciate all your support and all the support you've extended already. And um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Team X Golf at Team X Golf, that'd be great. And um, and again, thanks for having me, Baker. Pat, we're excited that you came in and spent time with us today. For those that are interested in following Pat, as we've talked about through the podcast, he can be followed on Instagram at TMAX, capital T, capital M, capital E, capital X. We are grateful for his time today. Production support for the Tee to Green Golf podcast is provided by Dominic Fiore and the Digital Audio Recording Arts Group at the University of St. Francis. Thank you all. And as we always say, hit it straight from Tita Green. We are out.